Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the On My Mind podcast. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope you're having a good week so far. This is episode five. We're officially one month in to this podcast, and it's been so fun. I cannot believe we're a few days away from May. That does not feel real to me. I feel like time has kind of been flying lately. We're almost at the halfway point of 2022, which I refuse to believe. Right now, I'm kind of wishing that time would slow down a little bit, but in a way, I guess that's up to my mindset because time is never slow or fast. I was thinking about this earlier because sometimes it feels like time is zooming by and other times it just feels like it's absolutely stuck and I just feel like it all depends on where you're personally at. In a way, I guess you could say time is always moving at the same pace but our minds just make it feel like it's going faster or slower at times. Anyway, right now, it's feeling like it's absolutely escaping me lately. Anyway, for a little life update here, I'm slightly pre-recording this episode because I'm leaving on a trip for a week. My boyfriend and I are going to California to celebrate our three-year anniversary, which was a few weeks ago, but we never really got to celebrate. We both love California so, so much. And we're going to get to explore a new area this time, which I'm really excited about. We're going to San Diego. I've been to San Diego twice, but I've never really gotten to actually explore it. And I've just heard such amazing things about San Diego and I'm really excited to check it out a little bit more. And then we're going to road trip to LA, which will be really, really fun. I love LA in doses. It's so funny because there is a point in 2017, 2018 peak LA YouTuber season and I was going to LA so often and I don't know. It was definitely a time. It was a journey for sure. I've had quite a few traumatizing experiences is there though so I'm rewriting the narrative and the last few times I've went it was actually really enjoyable so I'm looking forward to going back it's so weird because as much as I love trips they do stress me out in a way I don't know if anyone ever feels like this but do you ever get overwhelmed in the few days leading up to your trip when you're just thinking about all the things you have to do when you get back and how you're going to be out of routine I am such a homebody and I really think the original 2020 lockdown did me so dirty with that because I used to love to travel and would do it without blinking or thinking twice and I still do love to travel but nowadays it's a lot harder for me to get up and leave without absolutely overthinking everything about it. I don't know I'm pretty attached to being home and in my normal routines which I think is a good thing. I also think it's a good thing to get out of your routines from time to time so I'm very excited. I'm obviously extremely grateful too that I can even go on trips but I don't know at this point in my life I'm definitely valuing time at home, my day-to-day life, the little mundane things that I do daily. I know once I'm there on the actual trip. I won't be in this like stressed headspace, but prior to leaving, it's just a stress fest because that's what my mind likes to do to me. On a more superficial note, I guess, if you want to see what I'm up to in California, you should definitely follow my Instagram if you want to, and I'm going to be posting some vlogs on my YouTube channel really soon. On another note, I'm kind of back on my reading grind. I go in and out of being super into reading. I am just pounding away. Uh, I don't know if that's the verbiage I want to use. I guess I'm flying. That's a better word. Flying through these books, zipping through my TBR list, which if you're not familiar, I'm like, if you're not in the reading community, you wouldn't know, but TBR means to be read. I'll hardly be on screens on my phone or watching a TV show or something because I'm so invested in reading. And I was like that for a while. I re-fell in love with reading 
back in 2020 and it's definitely become a really big passion of mine. I love it so much. I lost all of my passion for pleasure reading back in school because when you're forced to read and when you're forced to read stuff that you don't really give a shit about, it kind of ruins the fun of reading. So after I graduated high school and I left the school scene, I really started to enjoy reading again. But then I'll also go through phases and this is kind of how it's been the last few weeks where I could not give a shit about books even though I want to, but I'm just absorbed in screens and social media and whatever Netflix, HBO movie or show. So I was on a roll in the beginning of this year. I kind of made myself a steep goal of reading 50 books this year. I have a Goodreads. Goodreads is kind of like social media for bookworms, I guess, and you can set reading goals for each year. So this year, my reading goal was 50 books. Last year, it was 24, and I read exactly 24. So I kind of doubled that for this year. I was like, you know what? I was on a roll last year. Let's double it. Let's read 50 books this year. And guess who is now six or seven books behind because I have not been on my reading game? Unfortunately, the answer would be me. I was kind of on a roll when this year started and then the last month and a half, I have not picked up a book. They're staring at me. I have in my bedroom a whole bookshelf situation. In my living room, I have a bookshelf. In my office, I have a bookshelf. Books are everywhere and I could not have cared less the last month. The thing about reading is if you're not into it, you can't really force yourself because it's not mindless. It's not mindless like scrolling through social media or watching a show where you don't really have to think about what you're doing. You actually have to pay attention when you read, which is why I like it. Why am I even talking about this? I don't know. I'm telling you that I got back into reading, which I'm so happy about. I forgot how good it feels to be stimulated by something that's not on a screen. What a concept. But when you're in a reading slump, it's hard to remember how much you actually enjoy reading. But anyway, I'm back into it now. And in the past, maybe like 72 hours, I've read two books, which is kind of a lot. Two books in three days. I just posted a book recommendation video on my YouTube channel if you want to check it out. But I just read The Maidens by the same author as The Silent Patient. And then I just read Maybe in Another Life by Taylor Jenkins Reid. She's also the author of Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, Malibu Rising, Daisy Jones and the Six. So I love that author and I feel like I'm out of my reading slump now, which is great because I'm not gonna lie here. Gives me a little bit of a... (laughs) I hate to admit this, but when you read books, it kind of gives you a little bit of a superiority complex. And I'm not going to take that too far, you know? I'm not going to get dramatic with it, but I feel good. I always think I don't have time to read, but then when I just replace it with my mindless scrolling, I have all the time in the world. I've been alone the last few days, which was very needed. I've been around a lot of people lately, and so my social battery has definitely been a bit low. I'm someone who really needs alone time to recharge and just do my own thing, so the last few days have definitely been nice. I always get a lot of questions on how I've learned to enjoy alone time and kind of become my own favorite person, so that'll definitely be an episode I do in the future. I wasn't always like this. I feel like I used to be really dependent on people, so I like that I'm pretty independent now. I like doing my own thing. I go through these moods where I'm feeling super social, like I have been the last two-ish weeks, and then I go through the moods like I am right now where I don't really want too much human contact. That sounds shady, but it's not even in an offensive way. I love my family. I adore my friends and everyone around me, but it's been a while since I've had some quality time with 
myself. So that's what I've been up to. Anyway, on to today's episode. It's actually nighttime when I'm recording this, which I've never done before, but I feel like my thoughts might flow a little bit better at night. We'll see. So if my voice sounds tired, that's because I am. I've kind of been a grandma lately and I've been trying to go to bed early. It is currently 10:30, and so I really should be hitting the hay, hitting the sheets right now but here we are recording a podcast. We'll see how this goes. If I fall asleep mid-episode and you suddenly hear me violently snoring? No, you didn't. I also don't even know if I'm a snorer. I don't think I am, but how are you supposed to find that out? Unless you're sleeping next to someone else, like say you're having a sleepover or with your partner, whatever, how do you know that you're a snorer? Because if no one else is around you, how are you supposed to testify that for yourself? I don't personally think I'm a snorer, but Who knows? The world may never know. I kind of wanted to try recording at night because I feel like I always have my best conversations with people at nighttime, especially at a sleepover. You already know I'm getting unnecessarily deep with people at sleepovers. It's what you do, okay? I feel like it's typical sleepover protocol. Anyway, more importantly, what's on my mind today slash tonight, I guess. If I'm going to answer that in a literal sense, I've got TVD, which is the vampire diaries on my mind right now because i was just watching an episode to be fair i watched like (laughs) 11 episodes i think today but i also just play it in the background because sometimes when my apartment is too quiet it freaks me out so i like having some type of noise sometimes that's music sometimes it's a podcast other times it is netflix and today that's what it was i've kind of been binging that today I am re-obsessed with it. Listen, I don't know how this always happens because I've watched it so many times at this point. I'm currently on season three again, which is where Klaus is in the picture. Kind of love him, even though he's like horrible in a lot of ways. I, I do love Klaus, especially with Caroline. Oh my God. I wish we got more Claroline content. (laughs) Am I watching Vampire Diaries for the seventh or eighth time at this point? Yes, it's kind of questionable how often I restart this show, but it just brings me mass amounts of comfort. And I know we all have our comfort shows. My other one is definitely Gossip Girl, for sure the old one, not the reboot. I haven't seen that yet and I'm not sure if I want to watch it. I kind of like sticking to the original. Where was I going with this? The world may never know but I had to be honest about what was actually on my mind right now. But that's not what today's episode is about, clearly. Although I could most definitely do a vampire diaries. No, I would just be talking about how hot Damon Salvatore is. Yeah, I don't need to do that. On to the point of today's episode. Today, I'm going to be talking about finding yourself in your 20s. Is this episode a bit premature? Honestly, yes. I'm only a year and a half into my 20s you know I've got a ways to go. I thought it'd be interesting to see my perspective changes and how it changes when I'm a little bit older. I feel like every year we learn so much more about ourselves and gain so much more wisdom than we had before. So this is the advice I have at this certain point in my life. Again, I don't have much experience of being in my 20s. So to future Ava listening and laughing at this episode, I hope you're wiser now. So maybe you're listening to this and you're in your early 20s like me, maybe you're older, or you might be a teenager, but to anyone listening, what I'm going to talk about doesn't only apply to people in their 20s. We'll see where this conversation takes us. There's a lot to unpack with this whole quote-unquote finding yourself topic, 
It's something so many people say, but what does that really mean? When people say, oh, I'm finding myself, what is exactly meant by that? Before I elaborate, let's start off with this perspective change I've recently had. Growing up, I feel like we've all done this. We've used the term, oh, I'm finding myself, and I've definitely said that before. When I was going through different life phases and I was trying to find an explanation for things and why things were happening, I was like, oh, it's just a part of figuring myself out, finding out who I am. But no, I've had this shift in perspective on this and it's that we don't find ourselves, we create ourselves. You can take this saying and make it make sense in your own head, but this is what I think when I hear this, when I say this. To me, this quote, we don't find ourselves, we create ourselves, means that there's endless options of who I could be. And it's not possible to find this one version of myself that I'm looking for because I can create it and I will create it and I have the power to create that person. It's not someone I find, it's someone I create. And this whole idea is both inspiring and terrifying because it kind of leaves everything up to me up to us to create ourselves, you know? Now that I'm thinking deeply about this, and here we go, this is the late night thoughts coming into play here. What does it mean when people say, oh, you have to find yourself? Honey, where are you finding it? We're not like looking on Amazon. This is not something you can actually find. And I'm open to opinions on this because this is just my way of thinking. But at this point in my life, I truly don't believe in the whole finding myself thing anymore. I'm not going to find myself because there's nothing to find, but I'm going to create myself and create whatever version of myself I want to be, I have control of that. It's not someone I'm just going to find because it doesn't exist yet. I have to bring it into existence. Is this getting too intense right now? I don't know if I'm making sense. Bear with me here, guys. This whole process of creating who you want to become takes time. It takes work. It takes effort. And this idea that you have of who you think you want to become is always going to be changing. So I think we're constantly going to be creating these new versions of ourselves because, I don't know, I always think back to when I was a teenager and I thought I knew who I wanted to be. And that is so different than how I am now and what I want now is so different than what I thought I used to want to be. It's okay for your passions, for your beliefs, for your thoughts, for who you thought your future would look like to change. Who you want to be at this point in your life might not be the same person you want to be a few years down the road because obviously things are ever changing, ever growing, including us. And so this concept of an ideal version of ourselves is always going to be changing and looking a little bit different. In your 20s especially, there's going to be so many different versions of you that exist. And because I haven't been that far into my 20s yet, I only have the experience of like one and a half years, but even who I was at 20 is so different than the version of me that exists now at 21. So I can only imagine what 22-year-old me is going to look like, 23, 24, 25, so on and so forth. Those are all going to be different versions of me that exist, and I'm not going to get the one that I am right now, that kind of makes me stressed. It's exciting and it's scary to know that who I am now will not exist again in the future. In some ways it will, because we always carry pieces of our past with us, but it's gonna be different. I'm gonna be different. Another one of the most important tips I have is to not compare your journey to someone else's. I talk about comparison a lot because I think it's something that most of us struggle with, whether we want to admit it or not. It's a natural human emotion to feel. It's so easy to analyze another person's life and then spiral because you're like, why am I not this? Why am I not that? They look like they have it all figured out. They've accomplished so much. 
But no, it's really hard to dig yourself out of that pit once you're in it. So if you ever feel like you're going down that path of comparing your life to another person's, put the phone down, stop looking at other people's quote perfect lives because out of sight, out of mind, even just taking away your focus from them and putting it to yourself, there's nothing good that ever comes from comparison. It's one thing if seeing other people's happiness or success inspires you, but if it's making you feel bad and it's making you doubt yourself, don't give it the time of day or the power to do that. A quote that has really helped me when I'm kind of going down that road of why doesn't my life look like that yet is this. You cannot compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter seven. And that was such a powerful quote for me because it opened up my eyes so much to the fact that we all have different timelines in our lives. It's just not fair to ourselves to analyze someone who may be a little farther along on their life journey and get upset about it because at the end of the day, we will never have someone else's life. And so we can't focus on what other people are doing. We have to focus on ourselves. What personally really helps me is if I ever feel myself getting down about my life when I'm comparing it to someone else's, I try to look at it as inspiration because if someone else can do something, that means you also have the ability to. And so when I switch my mindset to that, I just feel more inspired rather than beaten down when I see other people's successes. And I think it's a really good way to look at it as inspiration. There's a lot of pressure to quote unquote find yourself in your 20s. Because 20s are the years. That's what we're told. And it's so funny because when I talk to people in their 30s, they're like, oh my gosh, I put so much pressure on my 20s because everyone makes such a big deal out of your 20s, but your 30s are even better. I was thinking about it because that's what I thought about teenagehood. I thought teenagehood was going to be the best years of my life. Boy, was I wrong because I feel like I'm having much more fun now in my 20s than I did when I was a teenager. The only thing about being in your 20s is that I feel like there's so much pressure to understand who you are, but I feel like understanding who you are comes with life experience, comes with experiences that you have, lessons that you learn. You can only understand yourself so much when you're in your 20s because in a way, it's almost like you haven't really lived yet. And I say this, I feel like I'm pretty self-aware to say this because I'd love to think that I know it all. I'd love to think that I have all the answers, all the wisdom, but I can actually be pretty stupid and clueless at times because I'm only 21. I don't have that much life experience. I know 30-year-old me is going to think back to 21-year-old me, which is who I am now, and laugh. That's definitely a weird thing to think about, but I know it's true. On kind of a tangent here, there's this Japanese saying, and I'm going to share it with you because when I first read this, maybe a year or so ago, it was crazy to me. The Japanese say you have three faces. The first face you show the world, the second face you show to your close friends and family, the third face you never show anyone. It is the truest reflection of who you are. And I saw this and it made me think, we present ourselves differently to different audiences. We show things to those close to us that we do not show the world, nor do we feel the need to show the world. I know I'm not the only one who's experienced this, but it's like how you act differently around different friends. There's the friendships where you feel like you have to turn off parts of yourself or not act a certain way when you're with them. You know, maybe you're not 
super close, but you still like to hang out occasionally. And then there's the friendships that you feel super comfortable with. If there's silence, it doesn't feel awkward and you can say pretty much whatever's on your mind without fear of judgment. So whether or not you necessarily agree with the three faces saying, I thought it brought up a really interesting perspective that I thought I'd share. I feel like a really interesting journal prompt could be derived from this saying and this might be a heavier prompt. So tackle this at your own free will. So on the first line, you would write how the world sees me. The second line, you would write how my family sees me. The third would be how my closest friends see me. And the final line would be how I see me. Journaling can be such a positive tool with understanding yourself, understanding your thoughts more. And it's something we all have access to, even if you do it on your phone notes or something. I don't think I make as much time for this as I should, but I always leave a self-discovery journal prompt feeling so much clearer, even though sometimes these journal prompts are a little bit heavier, I feel like they just make you dig deeper inside your own brain in a positive way that you wouldn't normally do. It's such a great tool to learn more about yourself, to understand more of your thoughts and how your brain works. I think this is a good prompt to do because it just makes it so clear how different versions of you exist in other people's head. And there's just so many versions of me that exist. And for a long time, it was hard to make peace with that because in some people's head, maybe I'm a villain. In other people's, maybe I'm shy. Other people might know me as adventurous and crazy. At the end of the day, I had to realize that I can't control what other people think of me. And I bring this up because I think so many of us, whether we want to admit it or not, let other people's opinions of us rule how we live. Especially in our 20s, it's really normal to care about what other people around you have to say. There's so much pressure to make everyone around you happy, to make everyone feel pleased. This is so cliche, but the most important person we have to make happy and proud is ourselves, and we're figuring our shit out in our 20s. This is our figuring shit out years. You don't have to have everything figured out yet. You don't have to know exactly what's your next move. You don't have to know exactly who you are yet because we're still so young. The question of how do people perceive me is so scary to think about. I've always had so much fear when I think about how do people perceive me? because it's scary to think about. You obviously can't control how people are perceiving you and what they think about you. I used to have a really big problem with people pleasing and making sure everyone around me felt good, was pleased. To a certain extent, I think it can be fine to care what people think about you. Obviously, that's a normal part of life. But what I've had to realize is that what people think of me and what people think of you doesn't have as much to do with you as it does with them. Whether or not the way people perceive you is an accurate representation of who you feel like you are, it's all out of your control. Our job that we owe to ourselves is to make sure that we like ourselves and who we become. And you can't worry about every single person out there and what they might think and their thoughts and their feelings. If I'm going to be truthfully honest right now, I think I just blocked out half of what I just said. And I don't know if any of that made sense. Maybe I shouldn't be recording at night, but... Let's continue. Let's see what else. Let's see what else I have on my brain here. I feel like it's during this period of life in your 20s that you're expected to have all the answers, expected to know what you're doing with your life, what's next, what your future looks like, who you are. I saw this recently, but it was saying how your 20s are your selfish years. It is your years to use as you please to figure things out. I know there's so much stress on all of us to have it all figured out and have a plan, but I'm telling you this right now. What's meant for you will not miss you. Your 20s aren't the only time 
you'll have the chance to live your life up and thrive. I don't know why we put this pressure on ourselves that our 20s are our only good years. We have so much time. And I've talked about this, how I've struggled with thinking that I'm not going to live past a certain age, which is literally like 25. I don't know why I always think like that, but I do. And I try to remind myself that I have so much time ahead. I don't need to cram all of my life's goals and ambitions into a few years of my life. Sometimes it's okay to take things slow. It's not always about chasing the next thing, achieving the next thing in life. There's really no quote-unquote recipe to finding yourself, which as we all know, I think creating yourself, but I'll just use those terms interchangeably. We all go through that process of finding, of creating ourselves, differently. It's going to look different for everyone. It's okay to lose sight of who you are sometimes, you know? In our 20s, we're going to go through things, we're going to have different realizations, go through different things that might make us lose sight of who we are. That's all really normal and I think it's important to realize we're not going to be the same as past versions of ourselves, and it can be really hard to let go of that especially if you liked the old you better. I've heard this time and time again where people are upset that they've changed and they miss their old selves, but you take pieces of who you were with you. You'll never remain the same throughout life, but you take pieces of your past, of who you were, and there's lots of growing pains and lessons that come with all of this. The only way to figure out who you are and create who you are is to try different things, change it up a little bit. There's only so much growing we can do when we're stagnant. I want to say this is not me bashing on anyone in a stage of life where things are a little bit slower and you don't feel like you're progressing because those phases are also important. Life isn't always going to be change after change, constantly seeking out the next thing to accomplish. No, there's so much beauty to the slower phases in life, even if it doesn't feel like it. I was kind of going through this the last two or three months. It was after I settled into my apartment I had recently moved into and there was nothing I was looking forward to or had plans for and I felt kind of stuck and like I wasn't moving forward. Now, fast forward to the present, things have picked up, I've gotten busier and now I miss that slower period. When things are slow, I think it's nice because you can find a routine and build on that When you're constantly go, 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 it's hard to find that. So there's definitely beauty in the slower moments. And I think it gives you time to really reflect when you're in those slower periods in your life. I think in your 20s, it's the perfect time to explore and make mistakes. If you want to reinvent yourself, you can do that. I think we forget how much we're able to change if we really want to change. A lot of our life is up to us and who we want to be, the person we want to create, it's up to us to do that. Obviously, easier said than done, but I have this visualization little technique here. Stick with me. Picture yourself as this avatar. Your body is the avatar. You just happen to be placed in that avatar, and you can dress the avatar how you want. You can make the avatar do what you want, say what you want, and you are the avatar. Does that make sense? (laughs) I'm so sorry if it doesn't. What I'm trying to get across here is that you have so much control over what you do and who you want to be, there's not really anyone stopping you. And if you feel like there is, are someone else's opinions of you and what they think worth not being your true self and who you think you want to become? Who you want to be, who you want to create, it's all part of a process and you might not get it right the first time. You might have to try on a few different looks, a few different personalities. There's a lot of beauty to trying something new. Even trying something new, there's so much power in that because sometimes we get stuck in our routines 
of doing certain types of things and we don't really branch out at all, when you try new things, I feel like it opens up doors of opportunities for other things that you may like. And if you don't try new things, you're kind of leaving parts of yourself closed off in a way. Even doing something new, trying something different, there's so much power in that because sometimes we get stuck in the same old things, not branching out. I think part of finding and creating who you wanna be is trying new things. And that can be new activities, that can be hanging out with new people, whatever that means to you, trying something new, I think is so, so good for you. If there's one thing that's bound to happen in our 20s, it's that a lot of ups and downs are going to take place. Sometimes the shit we go through is a blessing in disguise, and it's really hard to understand that when you're in the moment of things. When you're in your 20s, I feel like you just go through all of these roller coasters of feelings. You'll have these crazy highs that you go through, and you'll feel absolutely on top of the world, but it inevitably comes down and I feel like at this age there's so much change that goes on in our lives like figuring out what you want to do with your life, finishing college and entering postgrad. All of these things that feel so scary to tackle, we always get through them. One thing I know for certain is that we always get through it even when we don't think we will. We're a lot stronger than we give ourselves credit for and I've said this before but think about all the tough times and tough things that you've gone through so far in life. You've made it through all of them. At the end of the day, the shitty things that happen to us tend to be a blessing in disguise and you realize it later on, but I've had so many moments where something feels like the end of the world, but then later in hindsight, I'm like, wow, what a blessing that that happened. When you're in the thick of the finding yourself process, I think it has to be something that is done by yourself. It's a solo process. I think when you're going through this, you need to be alone. And it can feel really lonely. Personally, I think this whole self-discovery journey needs to be a solo process because if you're constantly with people, who you are, what you believe in, and what you think can change and shift with the people around you. For example, have you ever been talking to someone and they say something you don't necessarily agree with, but you find yourself trying to match their opinion. For me, an example is with books. I've stopped reading reviews on Goodreads because it will literally shift my own opinion based on what others are saying. And that has translated into some other areas of life where I'll have my opinions on something, but as soon as I hear someone else's thoughts, I feel myself trying to match my opinion to theirs. And I've always resented that urge in myself because why did I feel like I have to have the same opinions as other people? I think a part of me was worried that someone would stop liking me or maybe scared that they'd disagree with me. So lately, I've been really working on standing strong with my opinions even if someone disagrees with them. I think it's so important to respect other people's thoughts and beliefs because it opens up our minds to different things and how boring would life be if we all felt the same thing about everything. There would be no individuality and no uniqueness. So my advice to anyone listening, stand tall, stand strong in your beliefs, in your opinions, because those are a huge part of who you are. If you're ever around people that can't handle that, you have different opinions from them, maybe that's not the type of people you want to be around. If you can be confident in what you believe in, I think that'll translate into being confident in yourself because what you believe in and your thoughts and your ideas are obviously huge parts of who you are. And that's just one reason why I think self-discovery is a solo project, quote unquote. A lot of healing, a lot of discovery comes from your time spent alone. I think it's really easy when you're constantly around other people 
you kind of morph into one person. You're identifying as a group of people. And if you can just separate yourself and be an individual for a little bit, you'll discover so much about yourself that you wouldn't have if you were in a group setting. This is not me saying, cut off everyone in your life when you're on this journey of self-discovery because you need to be alone. No. But on the topic of friendships, when it comes to the people who are in your surroundings, make sure it's people who support you, make you feel happy and good, and have your best interests at heart too. I don't think it's a bad thing to be picky about the people in your life. When I have good people around me, I thrive. I'm so lucky for the friends I have in my life right now because I feel like they push me to be better, they inspire me, and that's what friends should do and make you feel outside of obviously having fun with them and regular friend stuff. You spend a lot of time with friends, and when you spend a lot of time with someone, they rub off on you, so make sure what they rub off are good things. It's really important to have friends that bring you up, make you feel good. So yeah, as much as I think when you're in your self-discovery era, I think you need to spend a lot of it alone so that you can have one-on-one time with yourself to kind of figure things out. Friendships are also such an important part of that equation. This whole idea of finding ourselves can be so confusing because it's not something that you know, this is like a week-long project and then suddenly you have all the answers. No, it's a long process and I think it's a process that we go through for life. I think we're always going to be learning new things about ourselves and discovering new parts of ourselves, especially as we get older and have all these new experiences. I think who we are is constantly going to be changing. Ooh, you know what? I just had an idea. Let's see what Google has to say. We're going to type in how to find yourself Oh, okay. Six. Mm, interesting. Okay. Six steps to discover your true self. One, be quiet. You cannot and will not be able to discover yourself until you take the time to be still. Two, realize who you truly are, not who you want to be. That actually brings up a really good point. I feel like sometimes we have this idealized version in our head of who we think we want to become, but that's just not us. I think a lot of us or most of us even, have this set idea of who we desperately want to become, but that doesn't always mean that's who we were designed to be. When you know who you are, you will finally see where you and your specific gifts fit into the bigger picture. Okay, Google. Three, find out what you are good at and not good at. Four, find what you are passionate about. Five, ask for feedback. And six, assess your relationships. I don't know why I was expecting the school thing to be really shitty, like one of those wiki how, how to find yourself things, but that was actually not bad. That probably made a lot more sense than whatever I've been babbling off for the last 30 minutes. I don't even know what I've been talking about, but you know what? That kind of just represents how I feel about this whole finding yourself thing because it's so confusing. It's so ambiguous. I don't know. I just feel like there's not really that many set answers. And this is what I meant when I said I feel like I'm recording this prematurely because I really don't have the answers yet. And who knows, maybe I never will. I think I'm in this mode where I'm trying to figure it out. I've gone through a lot of life changes recently. And I don't know, with a lot of changes come new territory that I haven't been on. And I'm trying to navigate all of that. Who we are will change and grow and look different as time goes on. As 20-year-olds, we obviously feel old because it's the oldest we've ever been. But really, there's so much life and growing and experiences ahead of us that we have no idea about. And it's okay to feel frustrated with where you're at now, not being sure where you're headed. That's all a part of the process. 
you will get where you're meant to be. I think I said this before, but what's meant for you will not miss you. It's okay to not have it all figured out in your 20s is what I'm trying to say. There's a lot of pressure to, but I'm telling you, it's okay. You can take it one step at a time. So many different versions of ourselves could exist and it's up to you to explore those options. If you want to see what you'd be like living in a city, go live in a city. If you want to see what you'd be like as a suburban girl, live in the suburbs or maybe you want to experience island life. I don't know. There's just so many different aspects to our life that changes who we are. You're allowed to experience and explore your other options. When I'm kind of feeling lost with who I am maybe, maybe I'm feeling out of touch, maybe I don't really have a good sense of direction on where things are going and I'm just kind of feeling lost, I try my best to remind myself that it's all part of the process. The best lessons that you learn come from times of pain and come from times of uncertainty. That's when you learn the most, that's when you grow the most and I think that's a really positive way to look at issues that arise in your life is that they all turn out to be lessons that are so valuable that you never would have learned otherwise. Anyway, I think it's getting a little bit too late. Finding yourself in your 20s, creating yourself in your 20s, I'm not sure what made sense from this episode. I feel like that's a pretty accurate representation of my actual thoughts on this whole topic because I definitely do not have it figured out yet. Does it look like that online? Of course. I always get that comment, you look like you have it figured out. In some ways, yes, but in the grand scheme of things, I don't think anyone really ever has it all figured out. We can't. If you're currently on a self-discovery journey, you got this. Spend more time alone. Keep learning about yourself. Keep being curious. Explore other options. Explore other versions of yourself. Try new things. Block out the noise from people. Focus more on yourself. Spend that time alone to really understand who you are. And I think that's the best advice I could give for anyone going through this journey of finding and creating yourself, whether you're in your 20s, maybe you're older, maybe you're younger. Unfortunately, I think this just solidified that I should no longer do night episodes because I have no idea what I just said. But hey, that was everything on my mind. 